This is Theology Refresh. David Mathis here with Ed Uzinski. Ed is 22 years with Athletes in Action. He has a Ph.D. in American Cultural Studies, and he's an elder of a local church in Xenia, Ohio, and he's here to talk youth sports. Ed, thank you for joining us. Good to be here, David. Thanks for having me. Now, Ed, you have four kids, all of them at the ages that are able to participate in in youth athletics. I myself have two have twin boys. They're three years old. I'm just about to sign them up for T-ball. I'm very excited to talk to you about this this topic and glean some wisdom from somebody who's gone through it as a parent and as an athletes in action staff person and even at the, the dissertation academic level to think through some of these things and the relationship between American culture and the prominence of sports. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about this and dive in. I think most of us understand, we feel the, the pressure and the tensions of, and the potential for good. But do you want, do you want to frame it up for us? Like, what is the issue that we should come to here with, uh, as Christians on youth sports? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting, David, and you say that I've got four kids that are at a, in a position where they can play. And uh, really, for years now, all I've ever thought about was sports for the college and professional athlete, because that's mm-hmm. what I've done within Athletes in Action. But now it's a whole new game, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> in trying to deal with my 13-year-old, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and um, I came across a book a couple of years ago that was titled, Why Johnny Hates Sports, uh, Why Organized Youth Sports Are Failing Our Children. And that's one of those deals where the, the title alone is good enough that you don't even need to read any further, okay? It's provocative and disturbing. And, but when you do read it, the conclusion is that most kids will quit playing sports sometime in their 13th or 14th year, and not because they don't like the sport, not because it's not a they, – they don't enjoy the game, but because of well, – well, why would you guess that most kids want to quit by the time they're 13 or 14 years old? Would it be uh, distractions off the field, other things in life that pull them elsewhere? Or? Okay, sometimes it's that. That usually is towards the bottom of the list, though, mm-hmm. that they get involved in something else. The thing that pushes them towards something else is coaches and parents. Hmm. And, and it's just sad that, and I am a coach and I'm a parent, so I really started to think more deeply about this. Like, what role might I be playing in causing my kids to not want to play sports Mm -hmm. by the way I'm acting by the way I'm carrying myself by the pressure that I'm putting on them and that's really what it's become is this pressure cooker society that we live in that that kids really are not playing just to play anymore they are playing to measure up to some standard that's in mom or dad's eyes they're playing to make it somehow whatever make it ends up meaning even though everybody knows that there's only a teeny tiny percentage of kids that will ever grow up to play at a division one level or even a collegiate level Mm -hmm. but already at 10 years old we're putting kids in what we call select leagues which is immediately putting them on a track of thinking that they're somehow special and they need to somehow keep excelling they can't just play anymore they have to excel and furthermore it says to all the other kids you don't matter you're already out you already don't count in sports because you're not able to make the select hockey team or baseball team or basketball team. And so it really has created an environment that where, where it's not fun mm-hmm. anymore, which it's a game, mm-hmm. right? It's supposed to be fun, and that's just sort of been removed from the whole equation at a really early stage. So it seems like there's there's a – uh, the backdrop of American culture that relates to youth sports. I mean, this is happening in a context, 
and the reality of sport in American culture hasn't been static. It has been growing and swelling and becoming larger and larger. Would you yeah. want to speak to that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, it's hard to find any other um, form of pop culture that has, much, has as much of a group a grip on the cultural imagination as does sports. I mean, I suppose you could make an argument still that music and movies are, are still playing a huge mm -hmm. role in the way people think, but sports is 24 seven and it's all consuming. And, uh, the, the professional level and the collegiate level are so much a part of cultural conversation and what happens every day. They're just, there, a part of the news more than any other thing that goes on in the world. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about that in the context of youth sports, I just I think that that parents and even coaches uh, start to try to take what they see on TV and what they see at the professional levels and the collegiate levels and what they watch on Saturdays and what they watch on Sundays. And they they bring that back down into this environment with 10 year olds mm -hmm. and they they end up treating them as though they're professional players or they're mm -hmm. collegiate players. And that's, that's where the pressure comes in. Like we have to win. It's like, we're going to improve our ranking this week. If we win our 10 year old <laughs> soccer game, we're somehow going to be more important or, uh, seen differently. And okay. So here's the other thing that I think has just become a, a major problem for us is that at every level of sports, all that matters anymore is winning. It's all that matters. The only way that you get attention is 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 to win and to take home the prize at the end uh, of the season. The reality is that most teams don't get to take home the prize at the end of the season. And even the one that does, it's interesting because we're a day after the NCAA tournament finished. And, and so the UConn coaches, I can almost guarantee you, of the men's basketball team, if they're celebrating, they're only going to celebrate for today. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd challenge that they probably aren't even doing that. They're recruiting again for next year. Mm -hmm. There's no time even to enjoy the fact that you won. Mm -hmm. Everybody else went home a loser and is uh, suffering for that because that's the great American sin to have not won. So I think that mentality is being inappropriately pulled down to the kid level. I remember, I'll say this before I forget about it, I remember that a few years ago when the New England Patriots, I think, won 17 or 18 straight games before they got to the Super Bowl. Mm. No NFL team had ever done that before. They ended up losing the Super Bowl. If you remember, a, a miraculous catch made by David Tyree on the side of his head, right? He managed to hold the ball, and they went on to win by a few points, and New England lost. And the discussion the next day was whether or not they could be in the discussion for greatest teams ever. And the answer was no. And in fact, you never hear about them. You don't hear about that New England team because they didn't win the Super Bowl. And I remember thinking that whole week in the midst of that discussion happening that there's just something really wrong mm -hmm. about that. There's just something wrong about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you ought to be able to, to relish winning 18 straight games in an NFL season. Nobody's ever done that before. But somewhere along the line, we've decided that to win the championship is the only thing that you can feel good about at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's gotten pulled down in this crazy way right. into our youth leagues. Mm -hmm. And so parents and coaches feel this tension that if we're not winning on the scoreboard, we're losing somehow in life. And it adds to the freak out nature 
of youth sports. So it, if this is the the backdrop of youth sports in America, why wouldn't American Christians just just stay away? Don't get bogged down in it. Uh, don't don't take the risk of having you know our kids be influenced in this way. Maybe save the time and invest elsewhere. Well, gosh, David, I, I guess for some people that may be a, a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in fact, I have friends that, and very few friends, but I have friends that have made that choice, and I don't think they were much into sports to begin with, so mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to say that when you already don't care that much for them in the first place. Uh, but because I think that, uh, I think that of, in the field of competition, and this has always been talked about historically, that there is a great deal of growth that can happen and a great deal of things to learn. And there's a great deal of socialization that happens in being part of a team and learning to be disciplined and learning to have goals and to, to, to shoot for something together. I think there's something really good about that. And sports provides a venue to work, work on a whole bunch of different aspects of what it means to be human Mm -hmm. and what it means to be whole. Uh, again, of course, it can be perverted, it can be twisted, but I'm in control of that in my home. I, I don't have to let my my kids get caught up in the idolatry of sport. Um, I can talk things through with them after practices and after games, and I do. Um, I also think that every aspect of of what goes on in creation should be redeemable under the cross, okay, including sports. So I, I don't want to get caught in either go, going to either extreme of either completely disassociating myself with sport, nor do I just want to go along for the ride. I also have friends that do that who just don't think about it at all. They, mm-hmm. they don't think critically about what's happening at all, about how many games they're they're being asked to play mm. and how many practices and um, are they processing what's happening with their kids after games and practices and and they don't mm. I think as a Christian I have a responsibility both to engage and and be a part of something like sport but also to do it with a theological backdrop and uh, to think about what's what's best for the growth of my child yeah, and, and I'm not expecting my coaches to do that for them. I'm not mm-hmm. expecting the other parents to do that. I need to do that That's as right. a parent. So what becomes then for Christian parent uh, important with youth sports is to approach it very thoughtfully, consciously. And then it seems like engaging, being there for the practices, for the games, dialoguing with your child before and after, not just dropping them off and letting them you know, be off your hands for a couple hours. But, but meeting them in the context of the sports team, of pursuing the sport, to be able to parent them, grow them in their maturity, help them wrestle through the issues. Yeah. So, so here's two great questions that, that I've heard uh, from other people that I think are, are wise in their approach to this. Two, two great questions to ask your kids all the time after a practice or a game. Question one, did you have fun? Okay. Mm. Which seems like it should be the most obvious thing in the world but it's worth asking that question are you having fun at this it's supposed to be a game and then two what did you learn today Hmm. what did you learn maybe about the sport itself depending on what the age is what did you learn uh, about how to compete what did you learn about yourself okay and again age appropriate so I feel like I get much different and better responses out of my 13 year old now than I did from him when he was nine Mm -hmm. um but did you have fun? 
and what'd you learn? Okay, so those are those are two things that I think we need to keep asking our kids over and over again, and it will prompt, I think, really good conversation uh, if they believe that we really want answers to those questions. That's good. Okay. The other thing that I keep talking even to my son about, I mean, I just find myself talking about this every week, is that I don't want his identity identity to be attached to his performance. Mm-hmm. And all of us, we all understand this. All of our default feelings about ourselves tend to be attached to how we perform in life, mm-hmm. whether it's in a, on a job or at school or certainly in sports. We we measure how we feel about ourselves by how we performed. And the Christian response to that, the the response that we have available to us under the cross, is that our identity is to be fully secure in who we are before Jesus. Yes. And that that really does have practical implications for me as I step out onto a field of play. I should be able, if I really get in touch with that, we try to teach college athletes this and, and it's a struggle, let alone to get a 12-year-old to get it, that because you're completely um, forgiven, because you're completely accepted, because you're identified and labeled as a child of God in Christ, right? All those different things that we call positional truths. Those things should set you free to just go and play. Mm -hmm. And what the numbers are on the scoreboard when it's all said and done really don't define who you are. They don't. You can be disappointed, okay, because you're trying to win. But you ought to be able to move on pretty quickly from Mm -hmm. it if you have the right perspective. Your, my feelings towards you, son, 13-year-old son, my love towards you does not change if you never get a hit for the rest of the season. I just had this conversation with my son a couple of days ago again because he had a really bad weekend playing. And I was even afraid that as a coach and as a parent, because I am his baseball coach, that my, my facial expressions and there were moments in the game where I showed frustration towards him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did. And I immediately thought after the game, you know, I, I've in a sense communicated um, – what I did during the game was in contrast to what I tell him all the time. Mm, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I tell him that his identity shouldn't be tied to his performance, but his performance frustrated me and I, and in a sense, rejected him with my mm-hmm. body language. Okay. So I went back to him and talked to him about it and just said, Eric, I'm, I messed up during the game in the way I responded to you. I'm frustrated as a coach, but you know what? You had a bad day and that's, it's fine. It really is okay. And I, it doesn't change the way I feel about you mm-hmm. at all. We're going to come back and you can do it again next week and try again, you know. Sure. So to be able to have those kinds of conversations with our kids, I think, is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And to just keep reiterating both in our words and in our actions towards them that their identity in Christ is more important than their performance on the field. Easier said than done, but it's worth trying. That's right. So then athletics in can become a medium for the Christian parent, not only to parent a healthy child, but to parent Christianly. These conversations are informed by the gospel and by Jesus. And we don't just say, don't make your identity in sports. We're able to say positively, your identity is in Jesus. And then for the Christian, we also have a way to deal with failure, I think, that the non-Christian doesn't have for athletics. Do you want to draw that out any for uh, for Christian parents in terms of what does Christianity provide for us in approaching 
youth athletics and helping our kids to, to grow through failure, to deal with failure healthily. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's built into the gospel is, is the idea that failure is never final, mm. right? And that, that God somehow wants to take every aspect of everything that happens to us, including the dark and broken. And again, we're talking about a game, but even when you mess up in a game or you fail to perform well, that he will take those things and build them into your character and make you stronger in some way on the other side of it, okay? Mm. If we approach them the right way, which again is tied into the question of what did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? Why were you afraid in that moment? Why did you throw your glove down mm. in the middle of the game? Okay, let's talk through the frustration. Let's talk through these these um, real human responses. And again, what would it look like? And this sounds so crazy and so foreign because we don't do this. We're not very practiced at this, even as Christians. What would it look like to bring Jesus into that moment with you? Yes. Okay. Jesus is not supposed to be kept over here on the sideline for quiet times and Sunday events. Jesus should be right there with you on the field. So what does it look like to turn to him in the midst of frustration, to turn to him in the midst of a feeling of failure, Mm -hmm. to turn to him in the midst of not living up to my own expectations, let alone someone else's, and to genuinely feel the freedom that comes from truly being loved by him. Mm. Like that's where the rubber meets the road. It's one for the 12 year old, for the 20 year old, for the 30 year old, for the little league player from the, to the NAIA collegiate player to the, the professional player in the Super Bowl. I think all that language should, should be relevant at every one of those levels. Can I bring Jesus with me into this moment? And does my relationship to him and what I know to be true what he says to be true about me, can that influence the way I respond and the way I think about myself, the way I interact with my opponent and how I feel about myself when it's all said and done? I think athletes that get in touch with that really do experience a very different way of moving through athletic competition. I know they do. Hmm. Um, and it's got, But it's got to move from being just sort of lip service, bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. Sounds, that sounds good. Uh, to, to getting down actually into the heart and to be really practically lived out. Yes. Right? That's, That's the right. challenge. Ed, thank you very much. This has been so helpful. Would you would you close us in prayer for our listener? I sure will. Yeah. So, Lord, to, to that end, I pray that you'd help all of us as, as parents, as coaches, as people who uh, just know of kids that are playing sports, our friends, kids, all the different kids that we have opportunity to interact with, would you help us to love them well, to model what it looks like to be secure in you and the way we live our daily lives? Would you help us to let go of our own insecurities and our own um, unrealistic expectations for what this little game here should mean and, and, and help us just to let it be a game for our kids? Uh, help us to to not be the parent and the coach that makes our kids want to quit playing something that should be good uh, as part of your creation. Help us to get better at it. Help us to keep this kind of conversation going with our friends and to grow. And we pray in Christ's name to that end. Amen.